0: Dave here from MiniWarGaming.com. Welcome, Wargamers, to the Shrine of Chaos. Today we have a very special guest, Vince Venturella. You may have seen him on the interwebs and YouTube and Instagram and Twitter and online for a number of years. He's been in the community for a long time, and he has uh, his fingers in many different things, as you will see in the course of this uh, discussion and interview. And the forefront of that is the most recent project that uh, he's been working on, which is very exciting. I'm personally excited about this because it involves... Well, not Chaos Space Marines directly, but uh, it's certainly related to it in my mind, anyway. So, Vince, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, sir. Very
1: happy to be here. Yeah, really excited to uh, to come on and talk about the new game and uh, anything else you want to. Awesome. And all
0: things chaos. All things, yes, of course. All things chaos. Uh, so, first and foremost, if you guys want to check out his channels, I've included the links to his YouTube channel, his Instagram, his Twitter, and also the very first link there is a link to uh, Rain in Hell which is your new rule sets uh, that, you're, uh, that you've that you made for your miniatures game. Uh, and I'll let you talk more about that. So what is that? How did it start? And uh, details, please. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so this is Rain and Hell.
1: It is a 64-page book. It is a skirmish, fast-paced, brutal, miniatures agnostic skirmish war game. Meaning you can use whatever miniatures you have or want to print. Maybe there's some you've always seen, you've seen for a while, you wanted to buy, but you had no excuse to only get three or four of them just to paint them. No issue. You can do that. Uh, You can use anything like that from your existing collection. Like you mentioned that, and for some reason this is, there's some kind of adjacency to Chaos Space Brands here in your mind. That might be because a lot of people I've seen use Chaos miniatures and even Chaos Space Marines and Chaos Marines in general or, or Chaos Warriors or anything like that, if you're right. more of a, an Age of Sigmar guy, yeah. to represent some of their demons. You know, for example, there's like an armored demon in the game. Hey, sounds pretty perfect to me, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but the the whole idea of the game is pretty straightforward. We wanted to make something that was simple, fun, easy to get into. Um, it really is focused on fast-paced, sort of very brutal combat, and most importantly, campaign play. Campaign play. So yes, there's a whole there's a whole really narrative focus to having a, a long campaign with you and your friends getting together, growing up your cabals, uh, watching them sort of advance in the power structures of hell, and then eventually, one wins. Now uh,
0: you said we who who is involved.
1: Yeah, so this was my, mainly myself and uh, Adam, Uncle Adam from Tabletop Minions. Uh, So the two of us got together and made this game. Uh, This came out of, this is his brainchild. I I won't take any credit for that. He came up with this really great idea about uh, probably two years ago now. He kind of just mentioned this offhand when I was, he and I and Sam Lenz were all hanging out and just doing some painting and streaming And he said, hey, I've got this kind of idea. It's kind of this demon skirmish thing. I don't really know what it is. And he kind of talked through some ideas. I said, that sounds cool. We didn't talk about it again for six months. And Six months later, right before the pandemic started, Mm -hmm. he said, yeah, I've really been thinking about that a lot. I've got some ideas. You interested in working on it with me? I said, yeah, I'd I'd love to. Let's see what we can do. Then the pandemic hit and it took a couple of months for it to really sink in that we weren't going anywhere for a little while. Mm -hmm. And so uh, at that point, then we, you know, got together and said, OK, let's let's really do this. And so then over the next six, eight months, we sat down, wrote the game, you know, tested the game, did all the necessary pre-production stuff and brought it to brought it out here at the end of May. It was probably maybe nine months total work, I guess.
0: Probably. Total work. OK, it's going back and forth and uh, yeah. bouncing ideas and uh, solidifying rule set and stuff. So, OK, uh, with your Now, I'm I don't know your background in terms of like game design, but do Mm -hmm. you have game design background?
1: Yes. So I've been uh, I've been designing games or writing for games for a long time. So this is the seventh game I've published, though the rest were all role playing games. So my background Mm -hmm. is in was mainly in role playing game design, hence why of things that I write tend to have a more have tend to have RPG elements in them. Right. So when we think of like RPG elements in a war game, Mm -hmm. things like a campaign system, having your demons level up or stuff like that. Right. Those we all, we've all played video games with RPG elements in Mm -hmm. them. Right. Right. Um, this was the last game I, I made right here. This is the one that sits over my shoulder. Uh, this is called the narrative game system or NGS the titles out of frame, but trust me, it's up there. (laughs) And, uh, the, uh, So I, I also have written for other game companies for a long time. Uh, I started writing stuff for D and D back in like the early two thousands. I was a consultant on the newest edition of D and D. Um, and so, uh, and helped them as much as I could with that. Uh, and that came out wonderfully and then yeah. And so on and so forth. Like I've done lots of just fan rule stuff in addition, just for fun. I like writing rules. Yeah. Uh, so it's just it's something I really enjoy. And I think by this point, after doing it for almost 20 years, hopefully I have at least moderately skilled at it.
0: Very modest. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, it's, this is your seventh game. That's pretty cool. Um, so that actually makes me automatically think that your eighth game is probably a game that Korn's going to want. And I'm excited for that because, I mean, you're going to make another game. This is we an are ad-
1: actually we are. Adam and I are already talking about what the next one will be. We've got nice. some more stuff we want to do with Rain and Hell, uh-huh. but we're in the very, 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 very early stages of just plotting down some ideas. And I I, I know what the eighth game
0: will be, but I can't I'm not going to say anything yet. <laughs> OK, so going back to Rain and Hell for a second there. How long is the gameplay? Uh, so
1: generally to play a game, you're talking about 30 to 45
0: minutes. It's Pretty fast. OK, and how many models on each side?
1: Uh, if you're just starting your cabal, you generally need seven or eight. It's usually in that range. You you build up your warband. So there's a couple different options, uh, but usually seven or eight, max of ten. Never, Excellent. literally never more than ten figures okay. uh, for the, for your particular cabal.
0: Right now, is there a certain uh, board uh, recommended board size? Great question. So we use a standard 22 by 30 board, which
1: might sound somewhat familiar to you. Mm -hmm. It's the base size for Kill Team team, or Warcry or the one quarter of a standard 40K or AOS board now. yep, That's our recommended size. We also do give you some options for if you want to like, you know, I don't have one of those or I don't want to mark out that space. You could use a traditional three by three or something like that as well with adjustments to sort of the deployment zones and things like that. So Mm -hmm. but the standard size is, yeah, 22 by 30
0: okay uh, and is it's two player is it more than two player can it be more than two player
1: great question yes at the moment it is it does require at least two players so it's a competitive game that is to say you gotta have you gotta have at least one friend for now now <laughs> I, I have been spending the, uh, the the time actually since we launched I'm working on the solo/ slash co-op uh, expansion which we're gonna put out for free um, that'll come out probably next month. Uh, and that will that will allow people to play one player games. So it'll give you a campaign you can go through on your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now it's two to four. So out of the ten scenarios we have, seven of them can be played uh, up to four players.
0: Okay, very cool. Uh, now you mentioned that it is. Uh, what did you say? Get you said miniature game ag- agnostic, meaning no miniatures that are part of it, but you can use any miniatures. Exactly. Yeah. Do you our, plans to make them. Our words are always
1: fast. Brutal miniatures agnostic campaign play. There's your four keywords right there. Okay. So, like in, in our original design document, we literally wrote down those four words yep. because we were like, we wanted, and I don't mean that like in a markety double speak way. I mean that in just like, it was those were our guiding principles, right? When we sat down before we wrote a word of this game, we said we want it to be fast. We want it to be brutal. Yeah. We want it to be have a, a good, solid campaign. Because Adam and I really love campaign skirmish games like Mordheim or stuff like that, if you've played those kinds of games, mm-hmm. right? And so that was all part of the, the, the design implement. Now, I'm sorry you asked a question, and I totally sidetracked. Uh, what was your question? Uh, the question was, do you plan on making miniatures? Ah, got it. No. No, we're not miniatures- makers honestly and there's so many great people out there making miniatures right now right um there's so many incredible people doing 3d printing right now right and a bunch of them like i think titan force just did a demon month archvillain had a he's, these are all people who are doing 3d print stl files right uh archvillain had a a, a um uh a demon month some months ago we're looking at whether or not we can do sort of a, maybe have like a coupon thing we can give for people out there to something like my mini factory or whatever. Like, we'll see what we can do. I certainly would love to facilitate something like that, um, but that's still in, in discussion.
0: Now, would you, the, would, sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say,
1: but the point is we don't actually want to make a range of miniatures for it okay. because in the end, I want people to be able to express their creativity however they want right. and not feel like, oh, if I use something that isn't the default, I'm doing it wrong. Okay. Does that make sense? Like, there's sort of that feeling, right, that you have that if there is a default, I'm there's going to be some segment of people who are like, oh, so those are the things I'm supposed
0: to buy. So it's interesting how you should say that, because uh, I understand the concept of that for sure. But uh, the Mark of Dave is literally the opposite of WYSIWYG. So I completely get using whatever you want, whenever you want. Right. And uh, I think that's totally cool. That's that's awesome
1: and we tried to structure the game so that you really could have your vision of these things what i mean by that is if you think about the demons like i mentioned one already the armored demon Mm -hmm. okay well what does that mean right like you could it could be some 3d print demon that's you know big scary guy with just some armor plates on his shoulders or something like that it could be a chaos space marine that would be fine right Mm -hmm. like there's those are both perfectly fine visualizations of that concept Mm -hmm. right we, so the, the demonic, the demons we have for you to play in the game, they're, they're more conceptual because in the end, there could be a million billion permutations of what that thing looks like in hell, right?
0: Right. So. Okay. So here's a question. How many different, uh, I'll call them factions for now. How many different yes. uh, demon uh, factions are there?
1: Fantastic. Fantastic question. All right. So there are, they are philosophies. And I'll, I'll lay down something real quick here because it's important to I think set the stage here. This isn't like the the hell that we're setting this in. This is not a Judeo Christian hell or something like that, right? There's no Lucifer or something like that in charge. It's this is another dimension that is sort of that is sort of the basis for a lot of thoughts of what we have as hell and stuff like that. So yeah. it is simply a pretty awful place full of demons that are themselves made of sort of soul energy and stuff like that. And they self-actualize through, uh, through what they believe about themselves. And that's really important. Belief matters in hell Mm -hmm. since it's not a physical world with traditional physical rules, like our, our mortal, our mortal place. Mm -hmm. Belief has power. So the more belief, the more faith you have in something, the more power it tends to manifest in changing hell itself. Not only you personally as a demon, but the world around you. Yeah. And so they're philosophies. So that's like each of the six philosophies, and there are six in the book, uh, relate to how your leader thinks hell should be run. Okay? Okay. The important part to understand here is that hell has always been terrible, but it used to be a pretty organized place. So in this time before our, in the story before our, our game is set, Hell was pretty organized. There was kind of a directorate. They were very bureaucratic. They kind of kept everything running. Mm-hmm. And they would get souls from humans that they could trick into going through the portal or sign contracts with their stuff like that. They, they, they wanted those, those delicious human souls. So they would just have to trick humans into coming to hell or sign contracts or so on. And the humans eventually get wise to this and send through a bunch of heroes that come in, kill the directorate, and close the only portal that connects hell and Earth mm-hmm. behind them. Okay. Hell collapses. This is actually a sneaky post-apocalyptic game because it's the post-apocalypse in hell. Like their society has collapsed. Interesting. All order is gone. Okay. Right? It is now just chaos. Chaos. Okay. Right. And so in this chaos, there are leaders that rise up that think, okay, listen, all of you are wrong. I know the way hell should be run and i'm gonna through force of personality or force alone mm-hmm. i will bring my belief to reality okay right so that's basically the, the concept
0: that's the concept okay uh and is it 100 percent demons it is
1: 100 percent demons everything in there is it is all demon on demon
0: combat yes okay and as you said before a demon constitutes uh soul energy basically yeah yeah yep okay they're a
1: sort of mishmash of different souls shoved up and sliced up and forged formed into something that looks like a being right that takes some kind of physical manifestation and that comes out through the game mechanics and we can get into it as we go but like the mechanics represent that they aren't living beings that is to say like they don't you know <laughs> um they don't poop i guess
0: you know like that's like from the my mind when i'm like thing. I gonna say.
1: um you know, they're, they're not like that, right? They're, they're, they are things. You can hit them with a weapon and a sword and injure them and stuff like that, right? Yeah. But they don't process energy in the same way we do or something like that.
0: So, uh, can they die? No. That is an important
1: part. Barring something really, really, like, I shouldn't say that. No, barring special circumstances. Of course, in the story, the director of hell were all killed okay. permanently, okay. Right? right? So, there are sort of ways we talk about the story kind of outside the game where you know in very special circumstances and very potent sort of uh sorceries or things like that demons could be permanently eradicated right Right. now they can wear away to become little more than just kind of geists because they all you have so much soul energy in you you lose too much of that you eventually lose the ability to sort of constitute yourself in any meaningful way and become little more than like a withered Husk a little soul that has to attach onto other things. That's how we get ghosts, or or that kind of concept in hell. Like some of the terrain can be haunted. That's haunted by demons that just got killed so many times. They lost so much soul energy that they just have to like physically hold on to something to mm. even stay around. Otherwise, they just kind of dissipate.
0: Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um,
1: so I love this metaphysics of how do the demons work. By the way, it's great.
0: <laughs> that sounds really cool. That okay. So that actually spawns an idea in my brain about sure. something. it made me, it gave me this visual it's i don't know if it's anything related or anything close to what you have established in in your lore and in your, in your universe but this is what i pictured mm-hmm. I, I pictured souls okay we are souls we exist here on this planet but yes. how are souls created right and i yeah. thought what if souls are actually Planets and suns, and so there's billions and trillions. It's infinite, right? So whenever a planet dies or a sun dies, that soul energy is floating in space, if you will. And when a being is born on this planet, that inhabits the, uh, the, the sort of physical fleshy thing. physical yeah, yeah. flesh, right? And so when they die, their soul energy continues, mm-hmm. and then because uh, you can never really destroy a soul. You Correct. Could trap it. You could like, yeah, do other things with it. But how cool would that be if there was a universe where that's where kind of like the souls came from? And like, if a person was a son before, they have first a bigger of all. Soul. I love this
1: idea. This is a super cool idea. You've you're building a great expansion to this game. Let me just say that. <laughs> um,
0: you know, no, we don't really
1: address where it comes from, other okay. than because they're the the demons are too far down the supply chain. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right? Yeah. So like, they're getting the chicken from uh uh i can't think of any they're 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 going to kentucky fried chicken right Uh they don't they didn't they don't have access to the raw chicken they Uh have to go somewhere to the restaurant to get it right (laughs) okay so the that's why they spent their time like luring humans into hell part of the trick with like using the portal or tricking humans into hell was that they can't you can't walk across the portal if you don't wish to walk across the portal OK, OK, so they had to like you have to they had, they couldn't just grab humans and abscond with them. That doesn't work. They would just bounce off of it. Right. They had to. That was part of the deal. They had to sort of willingly lure them through guile or stuff like that. The the demons themselves in the, the way it works in the game, the way this manifests mechanically is. Whenever you're when you're fighting, you're doing your normal combat, we can talk about the mechanics as we go on, but this is a pretty this is pretty integral to what we're talking about here. Whenever your one of your guys slays a demon, friend or foe, which, by the way, killing your own demons oftentimes will have benefits to the game um, because just like, you know, they're demons, man. Awesome. Uh, I love it. And so when you kill a demon and you're relatively close to them in the game, you that demon is then able to like go whoop and grab a little bit of soul energy nice from that demon as it dissipates now you don't get the whole thing it's that demon's still going to reconstitute after the the game you know there's no like you're on the campaign chart you have to roll for this soul loss table which can result in certain bonuses or penalties to your your being okay but what that how that manifests in the game is when you grab that soul you then get a soul dice and that's a little d6 you take it you take that d6 you roll it immediately whatever face it comes up on you set that on your play sheet you can now replace a later role in the game with that soul dice so you can burn off that energy to then sort of do a thing later okay like somebody rolls an attack against you They get a really good roll you can use one of your soul dice you can replace one of their die with a failure something like that or replace one of your failures with a success right so you can sort of use that that souls are their currency their sorcery their life their everything right it is it is their their very existence so
0: so for those just uh, really quick for those who are just joining us or who wish to know uh vince and i are talking about rain in hell which is a rule set created by vince and uncle adam from tabletop minions and it is a miniatures agnostic game where miniatures aren't part of the game you can use any miniatures you wish from any miniatures line any demon miniature thing that you want to represent as a demon and it is available you can click on that first link i've provided in this post whether you're watching on facebook youtube or twitch and that'll bring you to give you more information about the game and also to uh, the war game vault where you can download the rules for the game. Uh, yep. All right. All right. So back to what you're saying. No, I
1: appreciate it. Yeah. Fast, brutal campaign focused miniatures agnostic skirmish war game. There you go. Uh, I'll do my standard pitch. Yeah. So that's how that manifests. And which is a mechanic that like, if you play 40 K or something, you're probably kind of familiar with. And there's kind of like a miracle die. It's very similar to that. In, like the sisters of battle, I think. Uh or like the Zinch dice in, in, in Age of Sigmar where you roll a bunch of dice and then you can use them before the game. Very similar-ish type of thing going on there, right? Right. But every the more demons you slay, the more little soul fragments
0: you're able to collect, the more soul dice you get. There's a miracle so dice. So like sister's miracle dice, similar. Yeah, only a lot darker. Uh, de- <laughs> definitely. Opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum.
1: Right. Yeah, same <laughs> sort of same sort of mechanic. Very different philosophical bit.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh that's so cool! I love it. I, you know, first off, the idea of a game and making rules for a game—it's not. I know it's not a new idea. It's been around. Of uh, you know, I've heard of this idea for a long time, but I, I haven't, off the top of my head, haven't thought of or don't know of really any games that exist that do this. And so, this is the first one where I'm actually talking to someone who is doing it. It's currently having a game that does this, and uh, it couldn't be more appropriate to the stuff that i'm interested in which (laughs) i love uh and so that's that's why this whole thing came about that's why i reached out to you in the first place and wanted to talk to you uh, about this um so adam he you know he and i were talking uh, a little bit and then he told me about this he just sent me a link uh to it and then he told me that you guys were doing it making the game together and so uh super cool i i love it uh so here's a question in terms of like where you want this to go is it just, yeah. you guys, it's a fun hobby project. Okay, here, the rules are done. You can get it here, and that's it? Or do you plan, like, what are your plans with it? What do you plan on doing with it from here? Yeah, it's a great question.
1: So we're going to do probably one game a year.
0: All right? Okay.
1: And I don't imagine that we'll go back to this particular well right now. That is to say, the next game we do in 2022 isn't probably going to be Rain in Hell 2, Electric Boogaloo, Now There Are Angels, or something like that, right? Okay. Um, Now, I I do have, we've we've talked about concepts. There are things we hint at in the story that's in this book that aren't answered, that we know the answers to. They're where I would want to go with an expansion in the future that I'm really excited about. Uh, But that'll probably be a couple years down the line, as it were. Where we're going in the immediate sense is, like I said, I'm going to put out a solo and co-op campaign expansion. So, you know, look, there's a lot of people in the world who are still really suffering under the pandemic and aren't able to get out and, you know, uh, really play with their friends still. Uh, So this will give them something to do there. We're going to continue to put out more articles and support for it over the coming months, things like that. That'll all be free stuff, right? Like, that's just stuff we're doing to support the game, to give people more options, more ways to use their toys, more fun. okay? Okay, yep. And then where we'll go in the future is probably once uh you know we'll we'll put out a completely different game next year maybe something the year after that'll be different and then maybe you know in the future we return to it right because i have ideas of where i want to go but i don't we're not going to necessarily use like a gw model of like this is what we're all about now right right what we're all about is writing cool fun games that let people use their toys will always be managers agnostic as far as i know like unless we get some really whiz bang idea that there just aren't really any miniatures for in the world you know uh we're we're gonna make the flying robot squirrel game and we just we really love the flying robot squirrel game and we think it's the absolute winner and what the market is needed but there are not many flying robot squirrels around in the world so we're gonna have to just bite the bullet and make our own flying robot squirrels fine but in most cases, the kind of things that Adam and I like. there are you know already existing miniatures out in the world that people will be able to use.
0: Yeah, yeah that's fair. Have you ever thought about making a card game?
1: <laughs> I, I have, but that is such a different skill set actually. yeah, like designing card games is such a very different skill set to designing the types of games that I like. I think it's I, I am in awe of people who can make great card
0: games because it's really hard. Have you ever played Boss Monster? Yes, I have played Boss Monster. That has uh, I like mechanic. it. I like that mechanic. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can build up upon it, and you kind of go through the level that you create is different every time, and build up your war gear, or you can lose it. And yeah, it's it's neat. It's different. Yeah, exactly. This, there's so many. There's a, there's a that, like the inventiveness
1: of card games amazes me. What they can do with that simple thing. Every year, it uh, when I go to Gen Con uh, myself and my friends who go, we always buy one or two card games to try out, and then right. we play it like in the hotel at night. You know. Yeah. And so I'm just I'm I've I've had a chance to play a, whole, a ton of them over the past years, and I'm just I'm constantly so impressed by, uh, by card game designers. It's just that one's just
0: outside of my wheelhouse. Yeah, another good one is uh, Dominion. Uh, well, the deck building in general, that that mechanic, sure. yeah. Um, but I guess I guess that's Magic, right? Uh, deck building. And yes. My favorite deck building game is actually uh, Resident Evil. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played it, seen it. I've never played it. Uh, yeah, there's a Resident Evil deck building game. And it is highly addictive, and the replayability is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Been playing for years, nice. over a decade. Been playing it. Wow. Uh, okay. So it's, I highly recommend it. And if you happen to make a card game as well, uh, in whatever form that takes, if it ever takes place, please let me know. I want to know. I want to see it. Okay. I'll if, keep you in the loop. If absolutely. It is, if it is demon based, if it's chaos based, then please <laughs> let, like, especially let me know. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'll see what we can do. Yeah. Uh, and then that, that one I'd probably play on the channel, um, and uh, yeah, cause just for fun, right? We've just found the per we found the perfect Venn diagram
1: sort of overlap. You're you're right there. You are the center of that overlap. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, well, that that's super cool. I love it. Uh, I love stuff like this in the community. Uh, and just switching gears really quick, just for a second, uh, and talking about your YouTube channel. Because you have uh, you're north of sixty thousand subscribers on your YouTube channel, and you've been yeah. doing it a number of years now, uh, and there's a lot of AOS coverage uh, on your. I don't know if that's current because of the new edition, or it's just always that way, or is it mostly AOS? Like, uh, what do you prefer to do on your channel?
1: Yeah, so my channel is really split, kind of. It has two personalities because it's, you know I have two loves, right? So yes, most of what I cover is Age of Sigmar. Uh, so we have we have a show every Wednesday. Uh, called Warhammer Weekly, mm-hmm. uh, pretty 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 straightforward. Uh, we've been doing it now since 2015. We just celebrated our sixth anniversary of doing that weekly show. Awesome. Uh, I have never missed a week in six years of doing this, uh, and I don't intend to anytime soon. Uh, yeah, we cover all things Age of Sigmar related. Uh, right now, there's it's a great time, obviously, to be into AOS with the launch of 3.0. So obviously, we're we're knee deep in the coverage of that. Uh, my, well, We're doing our points review today at uh, at 5 p.m. Eastern. So it's just going to be a real busy day for me online. Um, but then every Saturday, then the other big series that I do a lot is called Hobby Cheating. And that is really miniatures painting focused. Like miniatures painting is my passion. That's what fills all these cabinets behind me. So I, I paint a lot. Um, I enjoy painting. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if you want me to like, I, I've won awards for painting. Fine. Great. Yes. Awesome. Uh, cool. Please, uh, Tout, I want to know. <laughs> sure. So I, I, I will go back to teaching classes normally. I do normally teach in-person classes. I work with CK Studios to oh, teach cool. classes, especially I know uh, my most favoritist class to teach is on. It's called Heavy Metal, and it's all about, we do it. it's a two-day class where we paint Imperial Knights. Okay. Um, I love Imperial Knights, especially both, well, I guess, I guess I should just say Knights, because I also like painting the Chaos versions of them as well. I ah. just find all of them really fun. So... I'm um,
0: glad you threw that in there for me.
1: I, I like it. No, it's my favoriteest night I've ever painted. I think is actually a <laughs> chaos night. So there you go. It's a, a slanesh for um, oh gosh, uh, House Divine, uh, or
0: however you say that. Um, at any rate, um, are you a commission so painter? I am not. <laughs> okay, because I was going to say because judging by your Instagram, it's painted miniatures and it's a lot of them. And I'm like, huh, yeah, I wonder if he does commissions. So, but you're not I, a commission painter. Have you ever considered it? not really i just i don't have the time because i i do work a normal
1: full-time job (laughs) and uh which this is my lunch right now which i'm happy to be spending with you it's a great way to spend a lunch (laughs) um but like between that and doing everything for the channel and just painting for myself i just i don't have the time to commission but i mean sure i've won like crystal brushes and golden demons and stuff like that it's like i'm happy to do that i certainly love competing and it's a lot of fun
0: yeah
1: but Honestly, I just, I really love painting. Like, I am deeply, deeply addicted to it in all the best ways you could be addicted to, you know, something that's positive and creative and, and a great hobby. It relaxes me and centers me and is a creative outlet and all of that stuff.
0: Yeah. So. It's, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, because there's so many different facets to the hobby, right? Uh, of the game. I find that the, out of all of the different facets, my favorite one is collaborative storytelling. Okay. so if you had this army that you painted up and it was unique and I looked at it and I I was just like, wow, that's a fantastic army. Hey, Vince, how do you feel about like us making a narrative campaign? I want to make a narrative campaign based around this army that you have. Yeah, sure. Sure. Right. Like that to me is my favorite way of my outlet in this hobby. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, hundred
1: percent. I get that. Like there are armies that I've done. So I have probably uh, I have. 19 painted armies right now uh dang and That's uh 18 18 for aos and 140k army uh <laughs> what's that what's is
0: it knights for it's uh, knights yeah, yeah exactly yes yeah. and um how many aos armies are there are there 18 25 i think oh, okay all right i was gonna say i was like
1: jeez so i'm i'm missing i'm missing some plus you can always expand your existing forces you know
0: <laughs> okay uh, people are wondering how many golden demons you've won they're like, he's not going to tell us. He's too humble. So do you know the number? Yeah, I've, I have won that many. I've won two Golden Demons.
1: Okay. I'll, I'll tell you, all right? It's fine. Yeah. I'm more than happy to say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've won two Golden Demons. I Hopefully 2022, fingers crossed, we're, we're, we're coming back to the States. We'll see. It's yeah. going to be a rough year full of rough competition. And I certainly don't expect to win anything, but I'm going <laughs> to try my absolute
0: hardest. You know what? I th- uh, This is my feeling about it. Like Not being a, a, a painter in the hobby, like I've dabbled with painting, but I wouldn't consider myself a painter in this hobby. Uh, It's just my observation with painters that are painting stuff and winning awards. It's, I find it rare when, uh, and this could totally be my perception, but I find it rare when I see a painter who that's all they paint for. It's normally they love painting and they just happen to, put their stuff in competitions. And if they win, they win fantastic. But if they don't win, they're gonna continue painting anyway because they love painting. Right.
1: And so yeah, I-, I mean, certainly like there are pieces that you know you're gonna do for golden demon. Like I'm just literally starting out on on Kragnos here. Uh, and I know he's going to be a golden demon piece. Um, in addition, by the way, I, I do use my, most of my golden demon stuff in armies. Like, so yeah, I'm not gonna not play with the stuff. Um, most of my competition pieces go to, or just uh, will will get played with. They just get played with after they go to competition. Um, but like, so I know that from the start and that's going to be a lot more work, right? So like, I know I'll have to spend more time on him, Yeah. but you know, regardless of that, I still often just do display stuff because I want to do display stuff or I want to make something that looks pretty, or I want to challenge myself or, you know, whatever. But sometimes you can also just paint fast. Um, I'm sorry to lean off camera here real quick. I'm going to do so just because I want to I do this as an example. I apologize for that. Okay, no worries. so uh, this right here, which is very small, this is a little, this is a new Vindictor from the set, only he's a Skaven, which I know that you can't really see what's going on there, but trust me. This guy took a long time, mm. so that single model took maybe thirty hours to paint because I wanted to do him to a real high level.
0: So that's okay. from that's from the new uh, uh, Dominion. D- Dominion, but you said yep. it's Skaven. It is so yes, I changed
1: him. He's he's going to be a uh, my my Stormcast that I'm going to do, and he was the test model for the army. Is going to be all Ratcast, uh, I will call them, but they are. It is a redeemed clan of Skaven that have all found the the true light and wonder of of sigmar and have been converted to stormcast in a in in a heroic moment interesting uh, under the the tutelage of of the, this sort of first redeemed character doesn't matter it's a lot of silly backstory that's all in my head you mentioned like narrative campaign forming i don't know if you've looked at soulbound at all or if you ever play role-playing games but soulbound is like the aos rpg okay Anyways, the very first character I played was a Skaven priest of Sigmar, and I loved the idea so much I wanted to expand it to a whole army, so there you go. (laughs) Anyways, that fig took like 30 hours to do, because I really like, and that's, every fig in the army will probably be 20 to 35 hours per fig, okay? And
0: how many in the army?
1: Well, I mean, Stormcastle, it's not that many people, right? It'll, what, 50 figs or something like that, probably total?
0: that's still a lot. Sure. Would that take a year? How long does it take? Six months? Probably a year. Yeah.
1: Six months to a year. Sure. Figure you've got 2000 working hours in a year if you paint 40 hours a week like me. So that'd be 2000 working hours in a year.
0: Yeah. See, that's crazy. That's crazy. Considering, you know, you you got your job, you're making the games, you do your streams and your channels, your videos. uh, Yeah. And then there's like the high quality on each model. Plus there's the other just models that you're painting. I'm guessing you also paint that same exactly. You
1: also just paint stuff. That's what I was going to say. That guy took like 30 hours. I also painted an army for a video that'll be coming out this weekend, where I paint a whole army in a weekend. I painted that whole army, which is 77 models in 17 and a half hours, basically.
0: Mm. Yeah. Right. That's speed painting though. Right. (laughs) Totally. Yes. But that's my point. That's the beauty
1: of the hobby, right? That, that right there shows why I love it. You can do on one hand, just raw speed painting. It doesn't matter. It still looks good when you put them all on the table. Uh-huh. Right. Because uh-huh. nothing like a painted army is always cool, regardless that it didn't take time. Like I got yeah. it down to like eight minutes a figure or something was what I was getting was what I was working through. Right. Crazy. And so you've got that into the spectrum, but then you've also got the I'm just going to sit here and work on this one little dude <laughs> for just days. Right. Uh And it's amazing that this single hobby can have that whole range in it. Like, that's why I love it. You can just pick your place anywhere in there. There's no right or wrong. It's just what you want to do at that moment. That's wonderful.
0: We got a number of people asking you if you even sleep. Uh, Less. I don't sleep a lot. I'll say that much. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, geez. Uh, I mean, and that's just like the stuff that you've said. Right. Uh, Which is crazy. That's it makes sense, though, because okay for those of you who haven't seen his uh instagram uh check out his instagram like check out all his channels but his instagram specifically if you're an instagrammer and you like to look at painted minis check out vince's instagram uh link in the post. you'll see it here no matter where you're watching this from and also again uh going back to the topic of this shrine of chaos today we're talking about rain of rain in hell i was gonna say rain of chaos uh, which is really the same in my brain uh, so that is your Miniatures Agnostic game that you've created with Uncle Adam from Tabletop Minions. Yeah. A- and uh, it's a rule set that you can apply to any miniatures, whatever you want, GW, You got those existing caster. GW demons. You got some creature
1: caster demons. Maybe yeah. there's a cool 3D print your Patreon to and they had their demon month that you didn't have anything to use it for. All fine.
0: And uh, the rules and the information on the game I've provided in a link the first link there in this post so check that out if you're interested in that you want to see it want to get the rules for yourself play the game for yourself
1: do you want me to describe a little bit of what gameplay feels like yes yeah. to kind of give people a sense yeah let's do it. so like i said you've got about seven to ten miniatures usually when you're starting out at seven is the the average thing you have your philosophy that's sort of the motivating impetus of your uh of your cabal what the what you're trying to bring about your cabal consists of a leader, which is a little more freeform design, a little more customization. That's sort of your avatar, right? That's the strength of the the force of personality that has brought this group together. Yep. You have what's called the devout, which is their sort of lieutenant, their heavy or their their right hand, whatever you want to say. And uh, that is uh, that's sort of the person who's there, the demon that's there, I should say to really help manifest they are a fanatical fanatic of the philosophy Mm -hmm. they are a true believer right in whatever whatever you're selling they're in and then the rest of your your cabal consists of various minions minion demons um minions start out as lesser demons you can recruit lessers basically at the start of the campaign there are lesser demons greater demons and superior demons you can also evolve all of your demons if they do enough if they sort of get you know grow enough get enough soul energy they evolve from lesser greater to superior form Mm -hmm. over the course of a campaign uh your cabal might expand from seven people up to ten people that kind of thing you might kill call and call demons and replace them with new better versions of them of themselves stuff like that cool uh the game itself is was meant to be simple and fast like i said and so the mechanics really work like this Uh, just i can i can explain this this quickly there are three stats move it is how far you move in inches Mm -hmm. It is pretty straightforward life. It is the amount of life you have. If it goes to zero because you took damage, you are slain and removed from the table. Again, you're not permanently slain because demons can reconstitute themselves, but you're slain for that battle. Mm -hmm. And then finally combat. That is your combat score. And that single score determines both your attack and your defense. Hmm. It's very easy. So if I had a combat score of six, and Dave has a combat score of five, and we are, our little boom—the two little demons ram up against each other. What happens is first, I compare my six to your five. I'm higher than your number, so I hit on a two. If we equal our number, if we if we're equal, we hit on a three. If you're if you're higher, I hit on a four. So it's the if you think of like the 40k chart, it's one down from that. Okay, Does that makes sense. Yep. Because again, we want it to be fast, brutal. That kind of thing. And occasionally you can have things that will screw with those numbers, but those are the basic numbers. I then roll however many dice my combat score is. So, for example, he said six to five. I'm six. I roll six dice. Every two plus is a point of damage. Mm. You roll your defense dice. You have a combat score of five. You roll five dice. It's five dice, yeah. Every roll of six, only six, stops a point of damage.
0: Interesting. Okay, so that's the defense. All right, cool.
1: Yes, And then whatever's left is how much damage the demon takes. It's that easy. There you go. You now understand combat. It's just that simple. There are other little flourishes, of course, throughout the game. Certain demons can do things like automatically change the face value of die. So like, Mm. for example, the armored demon who's meant to be defensive, he can just take any one of his defensive die and set one dice to a six. Right? Mm -hmm. So he more easily defends himself. Just
0: things like that. Uh, So there
1: are fun things that mess with with the mechanics, of course, as what you would expect in a game.
0: Yeah. Very cool. This dice manipulation and yeah, uh, all right. we
1: tend to use dice manipulation mm-hmm. instead of like re rolls or bonuses. There aren't a lot. There's not really much in the way of like plus one to hit or minus one to hit or anything like that. That doesn't really occur because I I am of the belief that I didn't want anybody to do math and that math slows games down even if it's very simple math. Yes. So most of our things are just replace. Mm-hmm. So like I mentioned with the armor demon or somebody like that, it'll you might have like an offensive demon who's like uh you can set one of your offensive dice to a six great boom done that's it i rolled my dice that one is now a six there's my roll. cool right no math
0: no <laughs> no it's fast
1: yes i i really 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 tried to keep math minimal because it really annoys me in a game and we all play games that do this it's not it's fine i love the i still love these games this yes. is a bag on the games yeah like 40k and, and aos are great games i'm just saying that like we've all been there where we're like okay hold on so it's plus one, two, three to the save. And then, okay, you've got one the AP of this. Okay, I need to take that off. Okay, so I'm at a, a five plus. Now, okay, I'll use my inbuilt. All right. So, you know, like, <laughs> right? We've all been in that math situation.
0: Yeah. So, so uh, here's a question then. Uh, how? I had it in my brain. Hold on. it was about, It was about the combat. yes how do you keep track of your health do you have certain markers for that Do you do it on a dice Do you write it down how do you do that
1: yeah on your on the play it's a great question on the play sheet there's a little place to track your original life total and then just write in your your current life on that demon there's also a play sheet where you can have one space for every demon in your cabal right um we, we it's free available on the website to just print out as many copies as you want there's a little space for like your leader a little space for your devout and then there's a bunch of spaces for all the different minions Most of the, most of the life isn't that complicated again, fast, brutal. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, your demon will have seven to 12 life attacks will often do five to 10 damage. So you can see how those two overlap. That's quite intentional, right? Meaning if a big bruiser demon. So for example, one of the philosophies is called the judges. They're sort of the ones that manipulate the laws, the metaphysical laws of hell to, uh, to gain power. And their devout is called the executioner. And you know, he's a real bruiser, right? Like he does what he but it he does what it says on the tin, mm. as it were. And you know, when he gets up into combat, it's generally chop chop and bye-bye.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Unless they're a very defensive demon, right? So you don't often have to worry about too much life tracking. It's pretty brutal and fast. How do you determine who goes first and is there alternate activations? Oh, I'm so happy you asked me this question, Dave. I am so thrilled because it is the single, it is the thing I am most proud of in this entire game is uh-huh. our activation system. Uh-huh. So this is something, this is, everybody who's ever written a game, you're going to have one thing you write that you're really proud of. This is my one thing.
0: Okay? Nice. I love how you build a suspense. You're like, you, you fill this up, and you're like, okay, I can just make them wait. Let's take a drink real quick. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So
1: here's how it works. Start of the round. hmm both players you grab a number of d12s yes d12s that's right we're using we're bringing in the d12 nice it's an exciting dice it's through a lot of people i thought more i've played role-playing games since 1989 my house is full of d12s so anyways okay um you grab a number of d12s mm-hmm. equal to the number of demons you have alive on the table okay yeah. so as you lose demons over the course of the game you roll less dice yes let's say you're just starting out so i got seven guys Grab seven D12s, roll them, okay? Mm-hmm. Then you put them in order from highest to lowest on your play sheet. There's a little space on your play sheet for you to literally, like, set the D12s on. There's a little image that looks like a tiny D12. Yep. So let's say you roll, like, a 12, 10, 9, 8, 2, 2, 1. Sure, I think I just said the right number of dice. I don't know if I didn't, but it doesn't matter, <laughs> okay? The opponent does the same thing. They roll theirs, and they set them down. We then proceed to count from 12 down to 1. And so let's say I have a 12 and your highest was an 11. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. we're We're on the 12. I have a 12. I will activate that. I take that die. I set it next to a demon, whichever one I want. I activate that demon. That demon can now move, fight, do its stuff that it can do in its turn. Yeah. Once it's been activated, that's it. That demon is now activated for the round. Okay. It took that activation die. You're on the 11, okay? You have an 11, I don't have an 11, you go next. Mm. But what that means is we could have a run. Like I could have rolled 12, 11, 10, and you could have had nothing higher than a nine, right? So it might be that I activate three demons in a row. So I might mm. do my 12, my 11, and then my 10. But then let's say the rest of my dice are like three, two, two, one. Mm -hmm. Like I had a really split roll Mm -hmm. and you had a really middling roll. So you were like nine, eight, eight, five, two. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to activate three, but then you're going to activate four Mm. before I get to go again. So you get these little mini runs Mm -hmm. that sort of happen organically. That's cool. Throughout the system, throughout the the thing. If we roll the same number, then it alternates. You understand what I'm saying? Like the person who didn't go last then goes. Right. Gotcha. So if I rolled a 12 and an eleven and you just had an eleven, I would do my twelve, then you do your eleven, then i do my eleven. Gotcha. Very straightforward. Right. So makes sense. Um that's it. And and what that what it means, what I love about it is it's random. Yes. Like it's it's a random initiative system, of course. Yeah. But it's public knowledge. Yes. Like you set it on your play sheet and your opponent has done the same. You can look at their sheet, they can look at yours. It's not kept secret. Uh huh. Right. So you can look and say, okay, they're going to have a run of like three demons right after my first one goes. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to put my big, powerful bruiser out there in the middle because then he's going to get jumped in return by Mm -hmm. three demons. Right. Okay. So instead, I'll take, I'll play a little more defensively and I'll put my, you know, my defensive demon out here to just hold an objective. That's and cool. then those three can't get at me, right? So what it rewards is somebody who can sort of think on their feet and play very tactically, right? You're, there's You're There are big rewards for that kind of tactical play.
0: Yeah, I, I love that, how it rewards tactics, and also there is that element of randomness to it. And it's not just a chess match. Although right. th- those are fun in and of themselves, but they're different, right? The yeah. randomness is what adds the spice and... That the as you said the reaction right it's okay this is a completely new round and things are going to activate in a different order so we have to oh yeah we have it's, to re-calibrate. it's an
1: exciting moment when you like grip when you grab that grip of d12s and you're like come on <laughs> let's do this I need <laughs> come on daddy needs some twelves boom and then you toss them down like yeah it's an exciting moment right
0: that's really neat so okay so you said that all the like the the demons are on a sheet and they're written down and mm-hmm. you and you have this stack of dice and so once a demon has gone. Uh, do you put a little check? Like, how do you know that that demon has gone? Just leave the die next
1: to them on the table, or you can okay. use a little chip to represent them. But, like, the way we talk about it in the book is when you take the D12 off of your place, you actually set it next to them as a token. Okay. Right, and that, that just, just marks them as having
0: as having acted. And then you re-rack at the end of the turn and do it again. Then you re-rack at the end of the turn, yep. Very cool. Uh, so, last question here. Uh, you mentioned an objective. So, do you have scenarios and... How do they work? Is it objective? Is it kill each other? Is it multiple? What do you got there for that? It's a great question. So yes, the the book comes with 10 different scenarios in there.
1: Seven of them are true multiplayer. That is to say you can play any any between two and four. One of them you can play solo. Um, It is a one-player scenario. It goes one to four, that Mm -hmm. is to say. (laughs) Like one of them can handle, you can do it alone because there's sort of an AI-controlled solo monster you're basically engaging with. Cool. Um, And then the other remaining uh, three are 1v1 scenarios, right? Right um yes they are mostly objective based though there is you know sort of uh there is uh twists to all that so for example uh, there are things like there's a very simple king of the hill scenario the objective there is to be on the terrain to be the last person alive on a single piece of terrain on the board like there's a there's sort of a hill <laughs> the king of the hill right single piece terrain in the center you fight over that's kind of one of the more simple ones to more complicated scenarios like there's a scenario called the twins where you there's two objectives but you can only ever hold one of them and your goal is to get one and then use it to destroy the other one mm-hmm. you can only destroy the other objective if you have the first one wow. so that kind of thing like cool. there's there's a lot of different uh concepts going on some of them the objectives are mobile like you can literally go grab the thing and run the heck away with it and try to protect it you know yeah. Um, Some of them the objectives are stable and you have to operate at that point and then expose yourself to your enemies coming and attacking you as you're trying to like, you know, harvest stuff out of it or something like that. Right. So there's lots of different ways we play with how the objectives work. Um, Killing is always its own power. Right. That is to say, you don't need to really incentivize people to go kill each other very much in in a game because removing the enemy's models generally is advantageous. Yes. Yes.
0: It's kind of, it's, you know, uh,
1: combat is its own reward, as it were.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And corn likes that, so it's, it's yeah. all good. Oh, checks out. <laughs> uh, Vince, thanks so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure to have you. You're uh, certainly always welcome back in the Shrine of Chaos. Being that you have contributed to the canon of the war game community by making this game, one of seven, actually, uh, and this one is... a. Uh, very appropriately themed for the shrine of chaos rain in hell is the game for those who are just uh, tuning in be sure to check it out links in this post to have more information on the game and to get the rule set for yourself be sure to follow vince and his channels we got his youtube his uh, twitter and his instagram links as well you and mind if i give
1: one final thing real quick Dave? final or? words let's do it yeah just let me let me hit some final words here Like i said i i do hope people enjoy and check out the game check out the site if nothing else it has videos on there that show like what exactly it is it has additional text you can download all the play sheets and everything we've talked about for free it does have the links to the game the game itself we wanted to keep it affordable it's 10 bucks for the pdf or 15 bucks for the book and the pdf so we tried to make sure that that you're not talking about a huge investment here we wanted to make sure this was something fun and affordable for everybody to give a shot so i just wanted to say and uh, sort of end my little part here by saying dave i really appreciate you having me on I, it is great to talk about this. It's been super fun, and I wanted to thank everybody for for watching. And I hope they enjoy the game. So that's all I want to say.
0: Thanks, awesome. Dave. Awesome having you. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Stay tuned next week for the Shrine of Chaos. Happy working.